0: Hi, this is Art Blog Radio, and this is Libby. And this is Roberta.
1: We're here today with Dennis Scholl, who's with the Knight Foundation. He's the Vice President for Arts, and we're sitting in the lobby of the Westin Hotel talking with him about the new Knight Challenge for Philadelphia, which proposes to drop about $9 million on the city, arts community, over the next three years. Um, Why Philadelphia?
2: Ah, it's a good question. So, uh, at the Knight Foundation, I oversee the arts giving nationally, and nationally at night means eight cities where the Knight Brothers, who founded the foundation, used to have newspapers. And those are Akron, Charlotte, Detroit, Miami, Macon, Philadelphia, San Jose, and St. Paul. We started the Knight Arts Challenge in Miami about three years ago, and it was such a big success in terms of the community getting involved. In the first uh, three years, we got 4,200 applications in Miami for the Night Arch Challenge. And so we began to ask ourselves, well, you know, maybe we should take this one on the road a little bit. Maybe we ought to take it out a little bit.
0: What do you mean by the community being engaged?
2: Well, the community really uh, became... Enamored with the contest, and I think it's because grant making in the arts generally uh, reaches out to established organizations, organizations that have been around a while. They know how to write a grant agreement, they they know who to ask and how much to ask for, and things like that. Whereas the Night Arts Challenge is open to everybody. You can be a nonprofit, you can be a corporation, you can be an individual artist you can be somebody who doesn't think of themselves as an artist but still wants to apply.
1: I think it's interesting you call it contest, which is really very different concept than a grant. People do think of grants as institutional and hard to get. So a contest is something everybody can do.
2: Well, as we say about the contest, uh, and it is a contest because we're going to get I believe in Philadelphia we're going to get thousands of ideas and what we're asking the community is Give us your best idea. What is your best idea for the arts for this community, for Philadelphia?
0: So with such a wide criterion for what it means to be able to apply to this grant, how are you going to know um, what constitutes art and what doesn't constitute art? How are you dividing those lines?
2: There are three simple rules, and that is your idea must be about art. Your idea must take place in or benefit Philadelphia. And if you are a winner, that you must find matching money. Um, when we, I'll come back here on October 27th and do a Q and A just toward the end of the contest, because frankly, we get 85 percent of the applications the last four days. It goes like tick, 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 and then goes straight up in the air on on our counter. Um, and take a look at the Miami winners. I think you'll get a good feel for for uh, the arts. As uh, I think it was Justice Stewart when he was talking about pornography, he said, I know it when I see it. So we're going to (laughs) assume that we know how to do the same thing with the arts.
1: Good point.
0: (laughs) Well, what were some of the ones that worked in Miami?
2: Well, Miami has been an interesting town because uh, the ideas really run the gamut. So last year's big idea was one that uh, seemed kind of obvious to us when it came in. We have one of the great ballet companies in the world, the Miami City Ballet. Edward Vallela is our artistic director. And for the last couple of years, the ballet had been going all over the world, but dancing to recorded music. And so the idea that was submitted by them was pretty simple. Put the orchestra back in the pit. And so uh, that idea. was a pretty big idea, Huge. and it was very successful. But at the same time, over the last couple of years, we've had some individual artists be very, very successful. We have a fellow in Miami named Gene Moreno, and he came to us and said, you know what this town needs is a good artist book publishing company. When we thought about it, and we said, you know what, that is a pretty good idea. And Gene had never really done anything like that before. He was an artist. He, was, he wrote some for Flash Art and, you know, art magazines, but he had never started a business or anything like that. But we thought, what a great idea. I, I, I know Gene, and I thought he might be able to bring it off and now it's a year and a half later and he's got four books out that are doing really really well got wow. great reviews all artist book uh, published uh, you know artist books that are published by his publishing company called name n a m e name publications
1: so this is for dance for theater for visual arts for performance for puppeteering and anything that could be vaguely considered arts?
2: Since I'm in Philadelphia and about to launch this contest, I'll say to you what I'm going to say about a hundred times over the next few days, give us your best arts idea. That's all it is. We don't... it, It would be presumptuous of me to come from Miami to Philadelphia and tell Philadelphia what night should fund. That's not the idea of the contest. The idea is, here we are, we don't know, the citizenry certainly knows their city. And we want them to tell us what they'd like to see happen as far as the arts in their community. And, and, and we're going to fund it.
1: Can people submit more than one?
2: They can. They can.
1: And how about the budgeting? When people submit a grant application, can you tell us a little bit about the process?
2: Uh, the idea of applying, you only have to provide us with the answers to two questions What's the name of your idea? and in 150 words or less. I'm actually supposed to say in 1,000 keystrokes or less because that's how the computer is accepting uh, uh, applications. So in 1,000 keystrokes or less, tell us your art idea. That's all you have to do. Once we get all the ideas, we'll, we'll put together a, what we call a reader's group of known Philadelphia cultural cognoscenti, we'll call them. And uh, they'll remain anonymous until the end of the contest we will sit down and read all the ideas, and then we'll get together, and then we'll announce a short list of finalists. Those finalists will be invited to submit what's called a proposal. The proposal is only three pages, and with it comes a little bit of financial information. And how will you match you match fund your, your idea? That's all there is to it. No, nobody believes me when I tell you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and about how many people did you end up funding, and what was the range of? Of, of grants, or whatever you want to call them yeah. the non grants
2: yeah um, in the first two years we 've had fifty one winners, and we 've given out a total of around twelve million dollars. Um, some of the ideas are pretty big, and so we 've given out grants over a million dollars and some of the ideas could could get done with with a smaller grant. I think maybe the smallest grant was right around fifteen thousand dollars i I would say those are the that 's the range
1: so does the matching money need to kick in before the grant or the contest money is given to the person that wins? Well,
2: when you know that you're a winner of the Night Arch Challenge, you get uh, approximately up to a year to go ahead and start to raise your match. And if you raise part of it and we can see a clear path to you raising the rest, then we'll fund you partially. So you don't have to show up when you're announced as a winner with your matching money, you get time to go out and reach out to the community and figure out how to do it.
0: You know, on another subject, can you tell us how it is that you, who are an art collector and have a very diverse background, how did you get into the business of giving away money?
2: I I had a wine company. I was making wine all over the world, and I, I sold the wine company. And I was home one day, and my wife looked at me and she said, You got to go find something else to do. <laughs> she was tired of having me home. And uh, simultaneously, I had actually been a volunteer at the Knight Foundation for the very first Knight Arch Challenge. I was one of the secret readers. <laughs> and I was totally passionate about the project. I thought it was the most amazing opportunity. We have a $2.1 billion endowment. We give away about $120 million a year. And i would never had the, you know, I've been a patron for many years of the arts. I've been involved in numerous visual arts boards and certainly been giving away my own money for 30 years. But this was an opportunity. Uh, Alberto Abargwin, our CEO, called and asked me if I was willing to come and and help some more. And I said I was, and he said, I want you to come to work here. I said to myself, you know, where else am I going to get the opportunity to work at this level, this level of large-scale philanthropy?
0: Can you tell us a little bit about your art collection? Sure. Yes. You are
1: talking to Art Blog, you know. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh,
2: I, as you guys will recall, we met when I was able to show uh, a portion of my and my wife Deborah's personal collection at the the galleries at the Moore. Uh, you making, mean
0: Moore College?
2: Moore College. Yeah, okay. the galleries at Moore College. Uh, we did a show of all women artists uh, making uh, portraits of women given that it is the only all-women's college for art and design left in America. So I've been collecting with my wife, Deborah, for 32 years. We have about, it's all super contemporary. Most of it made last Tuesday, as I like to say, when people ask us, what's the collection about? And um, it's about 600 works, 700 works at this point in time. We have a space um, in Miami called World Class Boxing. You can see the shows that we've been, I think we just hung our, 30th or 40th show uh, there, but it's all work from the collection. Um, it, we've had a lot of interesting artists. Paul Chan we did a show of, Olafur Eliasson, Turner Prize winner Simon Starling, Mark Bradford, Jim Lambie. Uh, Zoe Strauss. Zoe Strauss. I,
0: <laughs>
1: Local we, girl. We love Zoe. <laughs> uh, we, we,
2: we commissioned Zoe to make a, a, a slideshow. You know, her work's tough.
1: When did you get introduced to Philadelphia, and what's your observation about the art scene?
2: I was born in New Jersey, uh, just mm. just outside of uh, Newark, in a place called uh, Linden, New Jersey. And uh, uh, so I had been to Philly a few times when I was young, but I've lived in Miami for a long time. People who live here, uh, when I gave a talk, I said to the artists in the in the audience, I said, "You guys don't understand." You can just go and look at all the Duchamps you want. You can go look at all the Johns you want. I live in Miami. We have one Johns in Miami and it's in private hands. So you can't really see it unless you know the owners and make an appointment. We have one Duchamp and it's a multiple. So you have this wealth of artistic riches here. You have this wealth of artistic assets that you can't take for granted you can't and it's because one of the reasons because this is this is a town that's been around hundred and fifty or two hundred years longer than than Miami and so uh, you can't forget that you can't lose sight of that 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 level of maturity in a town leaves you with these incredible artistic resources so for me when I think of Philadelphia that's the first thing that comes to mind is incredible opera, incredible dance, incredible symphony, incredible uh, visual arts. So uh, i mean, a world-class city. And those artistic assets, uh, people, I guess if if they're there and you can see them every day, they're easy to take for granted, but I don't. I feel very privileged when I come up here and, and get a chance to experience a lot of those things. You know, the Philadelphia art scene is really kind of gathering momentum again. You can really feel there's a lot of momentum in the community.
0: In Miami, there are a number of collectors who, like you, have a museum that they've made out of their collection. Philadelphia is kind of notorious for not having collectors. And I'm wondering, what is it about the Miami culture that has led to that, um, that wonderful uh, result of people doing this?
2: It's a complicated question and well, I'm glad that you think it's wonderful, I can assure you that there are a number of institutions in Miami who don't think it's so wonderful. Growing up in Miami, I've been there since I was seven or eight years old. I didn't have a museum to go to when I grew up in Miami. There wasn't a museum for me to go to. And when we began collecting and the Margolese collection was created and the Dela Cruz and the Rubel, and the Robbins and all those folks that are really the, you know, the significant collectors in the community... We did that without the assistance of a museum, of a curator. You know, the classic way that it happens is museum director, museum curator reaches out to somebody who's, who's uh, got the means to collect, but maybe not the experience. They help them acquire work. Collector is appreciative. Collector, in turn, helps the museum acquire work. That You know, in Miami, we were kind of there first. I know that, that sounds funny. It sounds uh, 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 awkward, maybe. But we're about to break ground on a Herzog and de Demurin building for the Miami Art Museum. I think that's going to change everything, frankly. That world-class building is going to shake loose some world-class art from our community. And I, I'm, I hope to participate in that. I look forward to finding a way to send some work into that museum. We've already given a number of works from the collection, but we look forward to sending more
1: that 's very exciting, yeah, if there could be some synergy between those private institutions and the public museum oh it's it 's everyone gonna happen. will benefit
2: it 's going to happen. I mean the fact that there are private collections shown publicly is a unique thing it doesn 't happen everywhere else it There are communities in which there is a collector that opens their collection, but not five or six it 's just and I, I think i 've explained one of the reasons how it happened that way, but um, it just takes time time will. You know, we're, one of the things that you can never forget is that we're all just stewards of the works in our collection. We, I mean, we own them, but we don't really own them. You know, you're fortunate enough to get the opportunity to spend time with those works. And I think that um, at some point in time, you've got to put them out on the pond and give them a push and let them go somewhere else.
1: Thank you, Dennis. We've been speaking with Dennis Scholl. Who is the Vice, Pre- Vice President for Arts of the Knights Foundation?
0: Art Blog Radio was produced in Philadelphia by theartblog.org. Thanks to the Knight Foundation for supporting this project. And
1: thanks to our editor Peter Crimmins for making us sound good, and to Eric Biondo for his music. You can download our podcast from the radio page of the Artblog.